Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shine a Light podcast. I am very excited because I'm sitting here with my friend, Lindsay. So, Lindsay, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. And people always get kind of stuck on that. You can say your name, you can say what you do, or you can just say hi. Okay. <laughs> hi, guys. I'm Lindsay. Uh, I am from Sterling Heights. I live there with my boyfriend and our fur kids. Um, I am... In hospice care, and I know the word hospice scares somebody, but yes. it's all good. Yeah, so we might get into that a little bit too. Um, but the reason you wanted to come on, can you tell everybody what exactly you want to shine a light on? I want to shine a light on breast cancer awareness. All right. So that's how Lindsay and I met. Um, we met uh, working together on the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk. And Lindsay's been one of the rock star volunteers for that walk in Macomb County. So can you tell us when th this issue of breast cancer awareness became important to you? Um, well, to the first breast cancer walk that I ever did, I was like 21 or 22. I was working midnights in um, an ER and we decided to do a breast cancer walk um, in downtown Detroit one morning after shift. Wow, that's impressive, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that was a long day. Um, <laughs> what the heck, I'll go with my friends, it'll be fun. Um, and then a few weeks later, um, I had a patient. Uh, I was trying to take her vitals, and I could tell that she was very anxious, and I was trying to get like a good reading on her blood pressure, and like I said, she was anxious, moving around and fidgeting, and I saw that she had this pink pin on her purse. Mm -hmm. So I started talking to her about that, and she started telling me about a walk that she did in Mount Clemens. Um, talked a little bit about the walk, told me her story. Um, as a She was a breast cancer survivor, um, and I did a big no-no. I gave her my contact information. She was patient. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, whatever. I can always just, you know, block your email, block your phone number, whatever. Um, and then a few weeks later, I got an email from somebody at the American Cancer Society, Kelly. She wanted to meet and discuss volunteer opportunities for me with the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk. Um, and... A week or two later, I met with Kelly, and here I am. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess my question is, like, what made you say yes to Kelly's invitation? Because I feel like a lot of people, they come and do the walk, which is really enough, like, that's a lot of involvement in itself, so, mm -hmm. but they kind of leave it there. So what made you want to, like, take one step further and actually be involved in planning the walk? Uh, Kelly had a really touching story. She was also a cancer survivor, is a cancer mm -hmm. survivor. Um, so she, we not only talked about strides, but she told me her story and I felt, um, compelled. I felt really, I, I wanted to do something. Okay. And how have you been involved since then? How many years ago was that? Oh gosh. Um, I know the walk is coming up on 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's five or six okay. maybe. Okay. And, um, how, how has your involvement evolved over the last few years? Uh, I've, well, I've been on the committee. I've helped plan it. Um, my boyfriend, for the last five years, five and a half years, mm -hmm. he's been there with me. We do set up. We do take down. We fundraise. We walk the neighborhood and say, hey, we're coming through. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to get into a little bit about kind of um, what it means to get involved and 
and you're kind of encouraging other people to get involved. But before we do that, um, I know that this has been really personal for you, especially in the last couple of years. So yeah. can you tell us why? Um, March 2017, my grandma was diagnosed with stage four um, metastatic breast cancer. Okay. And she was really the first family member that you had diagnosed with breast cancer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. She, her sister had it, but I never met her because she passed long before okay. I came around. Okay. So do they think there was some kind of genetic? Yes. Tie. Okay. Yes. And what was your grandma's journey like? Um, well, it was very short. Mm -hmm. uh, she was diagnosed in March and she passed away June 9th, 2017. Wow. Yeah, that's not much time to even process. No. What is happening? Okay. And did they know when she was diagnosed that it was going to be pretty quick? No. They, you know, we met with her oncologist, her family doctor, and really the last known mammogram that she had that was on record was 2011. Okay. So it could have happened, you know, that's quite a big right. time span, so we honestly have no idea, but it was, it was bad. Okay. And how has your grandma's story inspired you to do more? Losing her really sucked. I got, I sank into quite a depression after she passed away. And I don't want people to have to, to go through that. No one should have to lose their grandma or their mom or their great grandma or anybody mm -hmm. to cancer in general. And it just... It sucks. I want to find a cure. I want to find something. I want to put a stop to this. Okay. So what would you tell people who maybe want to do more but don't think that they have the time or the money? Mm. You know, if you don't have the time, you can always donate. You can always cheer on your friends that are doing walks or whatnot I know a lot of my friends that sell like the 31 bags they do chemo bags every periodically you could sponsor a chemo bag or something like that if you don't have money come get involved with the walk you can mm -hmm. be a volunteer the day of and cheer people on as they're doing the 5k crossing the finish lines or handing out a water bottle that doesn't require much more than a couple hours right and why is it important for people to like step up and do something. I think we all hate cancer. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there are many people who have not been affected by cancer. So why is it so important that instead of just kind of sitting here and acknowledging like, yeah, cancer sucks, that we actually do something about it? You know, we need the, the research mm -hmm. to find a cure. We need something. And without people stepping up and donating or volunteering, we're never going to get the research we need to put a stop to it. Yeah, for sure. What, um, what have you learned since getting involved, whether it's about cancer or about event planning, <laughs> just some of the things that you have learned? Uh, well, the medication <laughs> is very expensive yeah. and a lot of insurances don't cover it and it sucks. Yeah. You know that that's something very important to me. Um, it's, yeah. it's insane. So I, if you don't want to share more about that, I certainly can. But is there anything else that you... Uh, the medication that my grandma's oncologist um, prescribed her, and I'm drawing a blank on that name, Ibrance. Ibrance okay. was the name of the medication she was prescribed. Her insurance didn't cover it, and it was $2,000 a month. Mm -hmm. My grandma did not make that in Social Security every month. 
I mean, not many people can afford no. that. Like, even no. people who have a lot of money, you can't just throw, not throw away, but you can't just spend $2,000 a month on top of all the other bills yep. that come along with it. Yep. I was ready to apply for a loan, open a credit card. Mm-hmm. I would have sold a kidney. She was getting that medication one way or another. So did she get it? She, the specialty pharmacy out of Flint, uh, um, applied for a grant and based on the criteria that they needed, my grandma qualified and her um, medication was covered 100%. Okay. So that's great. Um, and I'm really happy that that, <laughs> that did that. However, my, what I hate about that is the stress that your family had to go under to find out if she was even going to get this grant. Mm-hmm. There are more and more people being prescribed this medication so they can't always give grants and there are people who just can't afford it so they're not taking their medication yep um so their quality of life is not as great so that's one of the issues that is being fought in michigan right now because 43 other states have passed a bill where this won't be a problem but michigan has not so we need stories like your grandma's to keep reminding people about like we people need this medication yep I could talk about that for a long time, so I'm going to stop. Okay, what else, what other benefits have you gained from being involved? Um, I've met a lot of great people through this walk, whether it be people through the American Cancer Society. I've met a bunch of great women who are all breast cancer survivors from a group called Pink Hugs. They were all there for me and really supportive when I was going through everything with my grandma. I've made a lot of friends with, you know, people within the community. I have a lot of community contacts through this walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a, another way to connect with people who are passionate about something that yeah. you are also passionate about. Um, do people ever question you on, like, why why breast cancer? And I was talking to you about this a little bit before we started recording, but... I don't know, I've been in situations where the Tigers game is on and it's the pink game and people are like, why is it always pink? Why are people always talking about breast cancer? And my response is like, one, breast cancer is the most common. I mean, Mm -hmm. lung lung cancer is also very common. But, um, and two, like, if we can find a cure for one, (laughs) let's hope we can find a cure for more. Right. And um, I don't know, I guess also, like, are you paying attention to the other cancers that (laughs) that are being out there? So do you have any thoughts on that? Or has anybody ever said something like that to you? Nobody has ever asked, you know, why pink? But I have been asked, why do you support breast cancer so much? Mm -hmm. And it was from somebody who didn't really know my background with it and my connection to it. And once I told them, they were like, oh, yeah, it was kind of like a open mouth insert foot right. situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's not just breast cancer. There are all kinds of cancers. I mean, you know that firsthand. You yeah. went through your dad's journey. Right. Um, my boyfriend just lost his stepmom to colon cancer back in April. So, yeah, that's really hard. Colon cancer is um, a little bit on the rise, especially in younger people. Yeah, uh, his stepmom was... 62, 61, 62, I think. Yeah, it's... It was awful. Is there anything else you want to say about his stepmom? I don't want to, like, move on from that. Mm, Linda was a great woman. I mean, she fought a long, hard battle for two years. Um, She was a trooper, but it... Cancer sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was... It was not fun. Yeah, it... 
It's one of those things that until it happens to you and your family, you don't truly understand the effect of it. Because it's not just like, oh, they're sick. Cancer, like, <laughs> there's it rips out everything. Mm-hmm. There's all the doctor's appointments you have to go to. There's figuring out the medication. Um, the treatment can be really, really rough sometimes. Recovering mm-hmm. from surgery or chemo or radiation. Um, and it's really the entire family is affected by yeah. it because it's like all hands on deck situation. Absolutely. You've got to flip your schedules and I, I would do everything that I did for Linda and my grandma all mm-hmm. over again, but you literally have to turn your life upside down to make sure that they can get to doctor's appointments. If they right. have someone to help them set up their medications for the week, or if they have wounds that need to be attended to from a surgery or my grandma's cancer had a, there was a wound on her chest from it. Yeah. You had to be there to change her dressing every couple of days. Do you also ever get asked about, like, where the money goes or haven't we raised enough money or there's probably a cure somewhere and they're hiding it? <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the misconceptions that I have heard in my oh, life. Oh, yeah. Okay. I Yep, I get quite a bit of, of that flack, we'll call it, for lack yes. of a better word. Yeah. Um, the money, first and foremost, goes to research. I think that's very important. Without the research, we wouldn't have all the knowledge and the tools that we've gained over the last five or six years that I've been involved with the American Cancer Society. Mm-hmm. There's so much research that has come out in just those short years. I mean, if we continue to get money and get the research done, like think of where we can be in another five years. Right. Um, do you have other examples of where, where the dollars would go just so we can make yeah. sure that we make that clear to people listening? <laughs> the American Cancer Society, actually, they have hope lodges. So if they have to have treatments that are out of state or away from home, they provide hope lodges for the cancer patient and one family member to stay at during treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to cook their own meals and help with like the cleaning and stuff, but donations... Spot, like they provide that hope lodge. Yeah, they keep it running. It's kind of like a Ronald McDonald house. Like yeah, yeah. Um, there's also um, if your loved one, if you can't physically take your loved one to cancer, they the American Cancer Society has people that will drive your loved one to and from chemo or doctor's appointments or something. The donations that are raised also go towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's and I think the research is just I had the opportunity to visit a research lab last week and it was one of those things where it's like no matter how many times I hear about research it's I can still always hear it because one it's fascinating to me but Mm -hmm. it's just so important how far we've come um there are so many more survivors walking around now because of the research that's being done like that's not by accident that's because research is helping us find better treatment so I think that's such an important thing to drive home um do you ever feel burnt out with volunteering and fundraising? Volunteering, no. I will do this until there is a cure for all cancers. Fundraising, I can get a little burnt out on, you know, getting told no or having messages not returned. It gets frustrating, and I do get burned out from that. But I get frustrated, I get down, but then I think of my grandma or I think of Linda, and I keep going for them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was just saying the other day that I feel like as a society, we're all kind of burned out from giving. Mm -hmm. I think we're asked all the time. It's in the grocery stores. It's online now. So it's all over Facebook and all the GoFundMe pages. those Facebook birthday. Yeah. So I think it can be hard to choose what you want to spend your time and money on. But I think the important thing is, like, it doesn't have to be breast cancer. It doesn't have to be what, what Lindsay's doing. But if there's something that you're passionate about and you would like to make a difference I think pick something and yes and then put your whole heart into it I yeah. think um is is the important thing um so switching gears a little bit since you work in healthcare, I would love your perspective on being your own healthcare advocate so I feel like women especially and maybe I don't know because I'm not a man but <laughs> I feel like women especially in our age, so the 30-year-old age range are, if some, if we're not feeling well, it's, well, first of all, the first question is, are you pregnant? But right. <laughs> quickly followed that is, it's probably just stress or whatever. So I guess I'm curious your thoughts, since you're in healthcare, of like, how to be your own advocate. Well, for starters, listen to your body. If something doesn't feel right, if you don't, if you, your intuition, if something is telling you something is not right call your doctor. There, don't be ashamed. If it's nothing, great. If you put it off and it turns out to be you have breast cancer, for example, or something, you could have gotten ahead of this and prevented that. If something doesn't feel right, go to your doctor. Mm-hmm. Ask for tests. Talk to your doctor about what is going on with you and ask what tests can be done. Can we do this? Yeah. No, I think that's a really important thing to to mention is that you are allowed to ask for certain tests to be done. That's yeah. absolutely something within your own right. Um, okay. So one of the things that I had wanted to ask you is um, what other things would you like to do to honor your grandma? So I was kind of mentioning this to you before again, but we, we do a lot of walks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do a lot of events. Yeah. And... Uh, Again, with the burnout, I think people are busier these days and the thought of like going to another fundraising walk might not excite them anymore. So for you, as somebody who's been touched by this disease, are there other things that you wish were being done that you could honor your grandma? I know you might not have an answer to that, but... <laughs> I will keep walking and fundraising until there's a cure. Um, again, I cannot stress enough how important the research is. Um... Okay. I'm stuck on that. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Is there, are there ways you wish you could talk about her more or do you kind of feel like you do that when you, when you are fundraising, you probably put in a little bit of like the why you do this. Oh yeah. But, she is okay. my huge why. She is my reason. She is my inspiration. I'm constantly telling her story. I would love for the story about her medication not being covered to be able to get out there more. Yeah. What do other people think about what you're doing? So you mentioned your boyfriend has gotten involved too, but mm-hmm. have you been able to rally up other people and, and how does that feel for you? And have you had any like negative feedback? Um, since the last couple of years, since this has all been in honor of my grandma, I haven't gotten too much flack, but I do, I have a lot of support. I have people tell me how inspired they are by me and how hard I'm fighting for, you know, an end to cancer for research and just sharing her story and being an advocate for her. Mm-hmm. I get that a lot that I inspire people and they're proud of me. Um, 
my aunt who lives in Vegas, um, she tells me all the time how proud she is of me. That's awesome. Let's uh, focus on the day of the walk. What is that mm-hmm. day like for you? I know you're volunteering, so you're kind of running around, but um, it's that, long. that yes, <laughs> and it's a long, it's a bit of a long day, but starts at about four a.m. Yes, <laughs> yes, in the dark and cold, setting up. Um, but what? What's that feeling like when it starts or when you're talking to survivors? It's Talk to awesome. us a little about that. It is so awesome. I feel so proud. I feel so honored to be there. The last couple of years I've been able to be up on stage um, being a co-MC and then looking out into the crowd and seeing all the pink, all the survivors, all the friends I've made. It's just awesome. It's awesome to see everything come together. We work so hard behind the scenes basically for the year leading up to the walk Mm -hmm. and just to see everything come together is amazing yeah I've had people ask um does it really take a year to plan a 5k I'm like yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) it really actually does you'd be amazed at how much work goes into that yeah um okay um what is a good first step for people who want to get involved in a cause that they care about um, I, whatever cause it may be, whether breast cancer or animal rescue or whatever the case may be, see if there's like m- local meetings that you can go to just to see, you know, what it's about. See if it's something that you can really fit into your schedule or add to your plate. See what different ways you can get involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will just say like, I understand that not everybody has time and burnout is a real thing. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Um, So I I get that we're kind of painting a picture of like, yeah, I get involved, but I also know that it's really, really hard. So even if you can just like follow Facebook pages and share what they're posting, like those are very small things that you could do to kind of show your support for causes that you believe in. Um, I wanted to ask you about your current job. Okay. Before we get there, <laughs> I actually thought of something that we did not chat about before, but I, I want to talk a little bit about your own health and wellness too, because that's something that's really important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that and how, how that became important to you and why you started this too, if you want to? You mean like workouts and stuff? Yeah. Um, well, uh, about five years ago, five or six years ago, I was a little over 300 pounds I was 25 or 26, and I was on blood pressure medication, a water pill, I had high cholesterol, I had heart problems. Um, My doctor basically told me that I would be dead very soon if I didn't do something. So that was kind of a slap in the face. Mm, So um, I actually had gastric weight loss surgery. I lost a little over 100 pounds, and I've been able to keep most of that off. Um, But I feel great now. All that medication that I was on before, I'm not on anymore. I take my daily vitamins, and I continue to work out. I try to daily, but sometimes that doesn't happen because you're burned out seven days a week. Um, But I I watch what I eat, and I pay attention to what I'm putting in my body. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just another example of advocating for yourself. I mean, I know your doctor kind of pushed you a little bit, but yeah, that was still your own decision. You still had mm-hmm. to, you still had to make that decision. Absolutely. Did anything else play into your decision to wanting to be healthy or was it just kind of a awakening that you had? The awakening that I had. Yeah. The fact that I was at the park with my nephew and got stuck on the slide trying to go down with him mm-hmm. was also maybe a reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I think most people who are listening to this know, and I know you th- that you know that I had a similar journey. Yes. I was like the same age, 25, and, and also over 300 pounds. And there's just something that clicks, I feel like, that's like, you know what? I don't want to look like this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather be healthy, but you, um, you have now taken it where you're inspiring other people to get healthy too. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Okay. I am a team, bo- team beach body coach. Um, I am a virtual health and wellness coach, I guess you could put it. I have accountability groups that um, I run monthly, and you don't have to be doing beach body or whatever, just as long as you're eating healthy and working out. You know, I'll encourage you, motivate you, share healthy recipes and tips and tricks, and it it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Weight loss is a struggle, and some days there are days I just don't really care, but... Then I think back to those days where I was 300 plus pounds and it's like, yeah, I did this for a reason. Yeah. We're not going back there. Exactly. Um, I talked to Kristen, my very first episode about this too, but do you ever get flack for this part of your life? Yes. Okay. All the time. (laughs) Okay. Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, people think it's a pyramid scheme. It doesn't work. So I'd rather just work out in the comfort of my own home. I can go at my own pace. Mm-hmm. There's nobody, like, standing behind me tapping their foot waiting for the machine or the weights. Right. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very different preferences. Like, some yeah. people do better working at home. Some people do better going to a class. It yeah. totally depends on, Whatever on you're what works for you. As yeah. long as you're up and moving, I guess that's really all that matters. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be naysayers, and you mentioned you've had some, but... Oh, yeah. What's been the positives of of being the coach for other people that I've been able to hold, you know, not only myself accountable, but a group of women accountable every day. My sister actually just recently told me she lost 27 pounds, um, just with changing her diet and cutting out pop and working out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's pretty awesome to know that I was a part of a big part of that. Um, has your boyfriend adjusted to your eating? <laughs> Does he eat healthy like you do? No. <laughs> no. Um, he's very supportive. And, you know, he'll get out of the way, take the dogs, go in the bedroom so I can do my workout or stay out of my way on Sundays while I meal prep. But there, I'll be sitting there eating my salad and my green vegetables and he'll be there ordering a Jets pizza. Yeah. I love them. It's hard to change <laughs> habits sometimes. Yeah. Um, my husband will eat whatever I cook. He never complains except if it's cauliflower rice. He does not like that. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, he has not adapted the same exact healthy lifestyle that I have, but he does eat the meals that I make, so I'm very grateful. That's good. You have one up on me there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My mom is always like, oh, Tom, why do you eat that stuff with her? (laughs) Okay, so now, yes, I want to talk about working for hospice because I also worked for a hospice, um, and it can be difficult. Yes. <laughs> I know you don't work directly with patients, right? You talk to them. I talk to them yes. or their families on the phone, yeah. but I'm not in the homes with them. Yeah. But still, <laughs> even without being in the homes, it still can be a little bit challenging. So what made you want to go into that? Um, we signed my grandma on to hospice. I took her in June 5th to the ER for a fever um, per her oncologist's recommendation. Mm-hmm. Whatever, no big deal. She's got a fever. I'll be bringing her home tomorrow, today, tonight, whatever. Hospice was not a blip on my radar. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 
she had to stay overnight because her fever had not come down. So I tucked her into bed, made sure she was good. I went home. 11 o'clock at night, I got a phone call that she had pretty much coded, and they were taking her to ICU. Hmm. Um, so my dad and I got back to the hospital, and she had taken a not-so-good turn. And then the next morning, the doctor came in and said, there's really nothing more that we can do. The cancer has... Even though the tumor had been shrinking, her cancer had spread, and it had spread a lot more. So he suggested hospice, and didn't really know much about it. So my dad and I signed the paperwork, and she went peacefully, and that's what I'm really thankful for. But I don't feel that my dad and I were properly educated on what was going on, why hospice was being brought on, Mm -hmm. why were things happening the way they were. And how, I'm sorry, you might have just said this and I might have missed it because I was writing, but how quickly (laughs) did she pass after she was signed on? Three days. Okay. And really, hospice, they want it to come in earlier if possible. Yeah. Um, I know it's hard sometimes because you don't always know. Sometimes it takes a a darker turn than you thought it would. Um, so I'm not, what was your experience like with the hospice team? Did you even get to like meet? I got to team? meet the nurse. Okay. Asking her questions, you know, why, why are her legs doing this? Or why is the mm-hmm. coloring like this? What's going on? Well, you, you were given a book. You should read that. Oh, geez. Okay. That book was pretty thick. Do you honestly think that I'm going to yeah. sit here and read that while my grandma's... Right. And also, like, you're here, so I'm just going to ask yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> you're a nurse. You went to school for this. Right. This is this book is German to me, basically, yeah. so what the heck is happening? Yeah. Um, bottom line, my grandma went peacefully. That's all I could really ask for, right. but I was still left with so many questions. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that was right, and I don't think anybody should have to go through that. Yeah. So I worked um, for a company that has home health and hospice. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was on the home health side. I saw a position open up for hospice intake. I took a chance and I applied. I thankfully got the job. Um, I've been with them for almost two years, I think. And it was the best decision of my life. I have learned so much and so many of my questions from when my grandma was placed into hospice, have been answered. Yeah. And things make sense now. So a little bit of closure, maybe. A little, a little bit, bit, yeah. yeah. Um, what are some other misconceptions about hospice, do you think? Oh, my. Um, people think that if you're bringing hospice in, your loved one's going to die like mm-hmm. that. And it's not always the case. Nobody can predict no. when somebody's going to die. Which is the hardest part for the family because yeah. they want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I, when my dad was on hospice, I feel like we kept asking because he was signed on hospice in November and they thought he would go really fast and mm-hmm. he made it till February. So it was a long, long time on hospice. And I think that's the question of the family is like, when is it going to happen? And mm-hmm. nobody, nobody can tell knows. you that. They will go when they are ready. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
So I want to talk a little bit, and you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but about kind of your grief with your grandma, because I sort of feel like at our age, people are kind of like, oh, it was your grandma. Like, it's kind of expected that they'll pass, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're not grieving. So is there anything you want to say about that? I was really close with my grandma. Um, she was pretty much my mom after my own mom mm-hmm. walked out of the picture. Um so it, it was really hard, and seeing my dad cry and being as upset as he was, as he should have been, that was yeah. his mom, that was hard. Mm-hmm. And just not being able to talk to her and, you know, knowing that she'll never get to meet my brother's kids or be at my wedding or just little yeah. things like that, it sucks. Yeah, it's really hard. It doesn't matter that it's your grandma. It's still, still somebody that you really, really love. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what other ways have you found to honor her besides the walks that you do and raising awareness? Um, I go to the Pink Out the Park mm-hmm. Tigers game yep. for her. I take a sign that says, you know, I wear pink for my grandma. My little cubicle at work has all different I wear pink for my grandma things. Yeah. My sister and I actually got matching Tattoos That's what I was the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the day of her funeral, we got little pink ribbons on our wrist um, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time you know things get rough, whether it's at work or at home or just in life in general, I look down and I'm reminded of the fighter that she was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, those are pretty much the last of my like formal questions. Did you I- have anything else that you wanted to say that we didn't mention? The only thing that I would like to say, if you take anything away from this podcast, make sure you get your yearly mammograms. Do yourself breast exams in the shower. They are not silly. You are not being funny. It's it's very serious, and I wish more people would do that. Just And if you feel something unusual, go get it. Go to the doctor. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it's fine. I've had a lot of friends who have had suspicious, they felt stuff, and it ended up being nothing, but they wouldn't have known that if they hadn't gone in, and who knows if it had been something. Right. Yeah. It could go one of two ways, and I hope that it ends up being nothing, but Mm -hmm. you never know. Right. And find yourself a doctor that you trust. Yes. I think I always like to say that, too. (laughs) One that will listen to you. Yeah. Okay. So then, um... My last two questions. One is, so my dad used to say, um, build each other up, don't tear each other down. So I have every guest tell me somebody that they would like to build up. So I've been involved with the Making Strides walk, and I have met some pretty amazing women, but Julie, Kelly, and Megan have um, been pretty amazing. They were all very supportive when my grandma got sick and passed, and just I've learned so much from them, and they're amazing. Yeah, there's really, it's quite a circle around things like this. I think you'll find that with any cause you're involved with, just because you're all pretty like-minded. But there's definitely some really amazing people that are involved in that walk, um, the Making Strides of Mount Clemens walk, which the date, we should probably tell people. Yes, (laughs) it is. August, or no, not August. (laughs) It is October 26th at 9 a.m. in Mount Clemens. Okay. It might be a little chilly. It's a little late. Bit. It's a little late in October, but it'll be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Lots of pink. Yes. Um, okay, so then I asked people to give, like, a fun recommendation. So it's been lots of different things. It's been podcasts. It's been songs. It's been books. 
whatever you would like to recommend. I don't remember what I wrote in my email. Uh, I think it was a song, but I can't remember which one it was. Uh, Shake It Off by Taylor oh, Swift. Well, or you know that I, I Run that. For by Melissa, Melissa Etheridge. I don't think I've heard that song. Oh my god, I love it. Okay. She actually had breast cancer, and I... That song was long before I got involved with Strides, but it's just, it's so powerful. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to listen to that. Um, and then social media that you would like to plug. I think you have a fitness one. I don't know if you want to share that one. Sure. And then I know you wanted to share the Strides one too, so. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in following my health and fitness journey, you can follow me at Fit Life with Lindsay. Or if you want to learn more about how to get involved with Making Strides, you can follow us, um, Making Strides Macomb, either on Facebook or Instagram. And I don't know, is it you that does the social media? I do the <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. Okay. I don't understand Twitter, so I don't do the Twitter. <laughs> well, I was mostly going to talk about the Instagram and Facebook, because um, that's what I follow the most. Yeah. But, uh, it's updated really regularly, and it takes it pulls directly from sometimes our ACS American Cancer Society in Michigan page, which I think has some really good facts and statistics yep. for people who just want to learn more about what's going on. So I always get my facts checked with Julie before I share them. So that they is, are legit. Yes, that is a great thought. Um, anything else you wanted to share before we close? Just listen to your body and go to the doctor. <laughs> All right. And get involved. Get involved. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Well, thank you very much.